Greetings, I am Jim. And I am Sean, and we welcome you to our podcast. Our goal is to entertain you with our discussions about RPG, fantasy, and everything in between. Come sit by the fire. You're safe here. We'll keep watch. We hope you enjoy 13-Sided Die. Level 2, Episode 11, 2022, A Year in Review. Come listen to Jim and I as we look back at all the big events of 2022. We also talk about some goals and new ideas for us to explore in the new year. Plus, you can hear when we realize that the episode kind of started without us saying, go. Hey, hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh, good. Good, good. I think we're we're up and rolling. I think we're okay. Awesome. Yeah. So. Oh, dude, I wanted to um, tell you... I was watching this thing. It was like a reel where a guy was talking about how there's a theory where a uh, thing like from the Adams family. Yeah. That that's the hand from evil dead. <laughs> cuts off his hand. Cause it's never seen from again. Like the timeline, I guess lines up. That's funny. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah. I was like, man, I, I'm like, that's, that's in my head now. That's canon. <laughs> that's totally Ash's hand. <laughs> that's so fun. That's cool. Yeah, that's true. That, that could be neat. That's kind of cool. Cause I think it's um, from the same universe or something. It's, that's interesting. Hey, I don't know. But yeah, I, uh, boy, I tell you that was, I get talking about passion. That was just, um, like I said, I've always been a Munsters person. I prefer the Munsters show myself, oh. but mm-hmm. as a kid, I watched the Adams family, the original one as well. And then I watched the movies when they came out in the 90s with uh, Christina Ricci. And um, my favorite character from that was always Thing. I just thought that was such a neat, this little hand walking around. And he was like so helpful and just, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I then watched the, was very excited about watching Wednesday because of Tim Burton and that stuff. And uh, it just looked really good. And she looked incredible. Um, uh, that Jenny Ortega was just looked amazing, like in that role. And uh, we watched it and I just loved it. I really, really enjoyed the series. And I totally fell in love with thing all over again. And I mean, traditionally in the past, it's just, it's, it's a hand. And in this version, it's got all the big scars on it and the scars yeah. just blew my mind. It looks so cool. And I thought, man, it'd be fun just to have a thing sitting next to you all the time. Like I should have it here right now. Um, yeah. And it just kind of came from that. And it was such a stretch for me. Oh my God. That was like way, this is part of the podcast way past my, um, my skill level for sculpting. Um, Cause that's just, you know, I've done a little bit of sculpting. I did it. I did some years and years ago in high school, and it wasn't very good. And um, I've done some in the last few years for smaller items in some of the uh, builds I've done. But something of that size and human form is—we just immediately know. We intrinsically know what a hand looks like because we have two of them. Yeah, and if realism. it doesn't—if it doesn't look right, we know immediately it doesn't look right. So just taking something on like that, it was foolish and exciting all at the same time. And um, I was a little bit caught up in my bills uh, for clients. And so I was able to just spend like four or five days straight just working on it. And it was such a blast. Oh, I just yeah. loved it. And I'm so happy with the results. Like I'm, 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 I'm so blown away with the results that I'm thinking that I might take a, a crazy step. And sometime next year, um, I think you know, I, Herman Munster from the Munsters is just phenomenal, very Frankenstein looking. I'm thinking of maybe doing like about this size of his head. And have yeah. it like on a stick and do a, which would be even a crazier challenge because there's eyeballs oh, and cool. lips and ears and all that stuff. But it, it, I'm, I'm inspired to do it because it just worked out so well. And I just really enjoyed working with it. So oh, awesome. that was cool. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. How often when you were sculpting that, were you like looking, like, would you like look at oh, do your hand? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
scalpel um, and look at your hand and uh-huh hey. uh-huh <laughs> and I, I have some video where you can see where i was doing the armature wire where you can see me my hand down and the armature wire running up my fingers and wrapping it around my wrist to try and get the right size uh, and shape um, yeah. I, I didn't use it in, in my in my footage but it was yeah just trying to be you know close and exact and I, boy i get to pick out things that are wrong with it all over the place um but as an overall thing i am so well beyond what I thought I would be able to create. Like, I'm just so excited by it. And uh, and an artist is always super critical of their own work. And uh, for once, I just feel elated by it. Like, I feel like I went beyond what I thought I could do. And that's just an exciting feeling. Because most of the time I look at my stuff and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I messed that up. I could have done that part better. This wasn't that good. And you kind of feel like that about a lot of your work. And um, this year has been one of the biggest years for me. There's been so many things I've pumped out that I'm just so excited about that turned out so well and beyond my expectations. Um, I honestly feel at this point in time, I'm kind of at the kind of at the peak of my skill level right now. I just feel like I'm just hitting it just, and I'm so excited. That's just to, to be something that you're doing. If that's, if you're an artist or whatever, to do that, to have that feeling is amazing. It's so cool. Yeah. The realism on that piece is pretty oh, wild. So <laughs> it was neat. It was so fun. It was so great. And it's funny because I've been a bit of a dick now because I've been seeing other right around the time I was doing mine, other people were inspired as well. So there's other YouTube uh, videos out there, people mm -hmm. making the similar things. And I'm like so critical because it's like, no, dude, you skipped there. You missed a scar there. And no, that scar on the finger doesn't have, uh, you know, <laughs> stitches on it. They, for whatever reason, they didn't put stitches on that one. So I'm like, I'm hypercritical because I know exactly what it looks like. And, and that's a really funny thing. I find when people copy something, um, I get obsessive, like I'll as many photos as I can look at it and I'll try and get it as exacting as I can. And that's just kind of how my brain is. I like to be exact and I like measurements and numbers and all that stuff. And I find people, some people just, they, they try and copy something and then they copy it from their mind. Like they don't copy it from reference material. So they copy it from what they think it looks like. And I saw somebody did, a, again, another sculpture build and they painted all the stitches white. Yeah. And the stitches are distinctly black. It's like why they thought the stitches were white in their mind. And they and it's like, it's right on the reference material. And on the hand, there's like these this big scar through there and another big one through there. But there's a little one right down the center, just a little one. And everybody misses it. I've seen like four or five people make these things. And everybody misses that scar. And it's like, it's right there in front of you in the pictures. How do you miss this? Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, do you remember Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yeah. The movie? Um, Richard Dreyfuss's character is about sculpting and he sculpts it out of mashed potato first. And then mm -hmm. he actually makes a full size one in his, his, uh, living room. And I, we might've talked about this before, but I think it's really fascinating because when they actually go and they're climbing up devil's tower and they're with a guy who was an artist and he kept drawing the tower. He goes, we got to go around this way. And Richard Dreyfuss says, we can't because there's a sheer drop, blah, 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 blah. The guy goes, is there? He goes, yeah. He said, next time try sculpting it. And it was so cool because he just... He intrinsically knew what the shape of that object was because he sculpted it. And it was, oh, it was cool. just such a neat comment. It's not, it means nothing to the film, but I just thought it was really fascinating that he was so personal with it. And that's what happens when you, if you make a prop of something and you get into it, you learn so much about it. You know what I mean? If you're trying to mimic something that exists, uh, it's, it's very exciting. And uh, yeah. It's kind of cool. I got lucky this year because I did that. I made some of those little mini Obi-Wan Kenobi um, macro binoculars awesome. from um, yeah. the Obi-Wan Kenobi film, which they did have originally in the prequels. And I just got inspired by that too. I saw it in the trailer. And I thought those look sick. And I spent 10 hours straight, start to finish, made them. That was back in the summer. And that was kind of exciting to be able to do that. To do. 
I have so many started and projects hanging in limbo and I just don't get around time to do them. By the time I've done like a bunch of work on them, I've kind of lost that passion and something else has happened because I don't get to work on them steadily. If you work them on in pieces, they just kind of sit there and you lose interest. Not totally because I want to finish them, but I already think about something else. So it's really fun to do something from start to finish. And those Obi-Wan uh, macro products are the same thing. I just said, I want to push myself and can I do it in one sitting? From like start early in the morning and I finished like about 10, 11 o'clock at night and I had them completed. But again, just studying pictures, studying stuff and you learn things about it that they did when they built it and what it looks like. And I don't know, I get really geeky on that stuff. It's fun. See, and I, I do go by my mind a little bit. Like when I painted all those Dragonlance minis, I was uh, checked mm. out all the art and stuff for them. But still, there's some stuff in my head. I was like, ah, oh, when I read the books, this is kind of like how I thought that that would look or the, the gem would be this color and. That's totally different, though. That's feeling, right? And there's that. That's phenomenal. If you're if you're painting and doing something based on the feeling that you got from something, that's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. And I mean, and realistically, too, for somebody who's looking at like Dragonlance figures, what? How much do they have to compare them to? You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah. it's cool. I think it's awesome. I, I like that you paint your figures. I think it's um, it's a scary double sword. Like I'm. I've got all the Critical Role um, Vox Machina and um, the Mighty Nine figures, right? That They're all primed and they're in the box. I'm not even taking them out of the box. And, yeah. you know, other people have painted them and put them in dioramas and all that kind of stuff. And part of it is I don't really have time, but um, to really. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of neat to see them in the box. But at the same time, it's really cool to take them out and paint them. So, yeah. Yeah, I have those ones too. I just, I find with those ones, there's no like wiggle room. Like everyone knows exactly what all those characters look like. It's true, right? So it's yeah. not going to be that fun of a paint for me because I can't no. really use my imagination at all. You know, you kind of, you really want to, those ones you'd want to stick pretty close to them. Yeah. Season two comes out next month, eh? For yeah. uh, the animated series. That's yeah. pretty awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. This was uh, quite a weird intro <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm kind of wondering now, should we just really be talking about the podcast? Like, have we started and we didn't know? I think so. I think we did, didn't we? I guess that's that's, like, <laughs> that's classic Jim and Sean shenanigans. As soon as we go off script, man. As soon as we go off our, our organized script of how we're going to do things, it's it's forget it. We're off the rails. Yeah. Because yeah, I think we pretty much um, we, we started and we didn't even know it. Yeah. So welcome everyone to Thirteen Sided yeah. Die, where two silly friends sit and talk about uh, Dungeons and Dragons and other assorted fantasy things. Um, yeah, welcome. Uh, this is hilarious. Um, now I'm kind of confused because we did start and I didn't even realize we started. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we did episode zero again. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, it, uh, it has been a big year. Like I, you know, and I actually, don't, I'm, I'm trying, really trying careful not to go into some kind of like radio broadcaster mode. And uh, I just want to sit and I do want to just sit and enjoy and, and chat. So I don't want to get silly here. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest thing for me this year, when I look back at it, one of the biggest things is certainly uh, this podcast. Um, it was uh, fantastic. Jim and I were working on a, um, a side project with some other friends uh, that, didn't pan out and uh, something is going to rise from the ashes of that. And we've kind of chatted a little bit about that. And that's going to be with our good friends, uh, Mike and Chubbs, the Wayward Brothers. And that's going to be coming out next year. We'll have more info on that. But um, from all that collaboration and work that we were doing, Jim and I just kind of, uh, as we've been friends for a long time, kind of were just chatting. And I said, hey, would you be interested in doing a podcast? And um, just simple and silly and fun. And uh, I think, I don't think you hesitated. I think you jumped all over it like immediately. 
Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to start one for quite a while, but I'm like, I've said lots before I'm a caveman when it comes to technology. So I wasn't <laughs> starting one by myself <laughs> just uh, before the podcast here. I couldn't get my freaking headphones to work and that to troubleshoot that for 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I don't even know how I fixed it. I have no idea, but it's working now. So, That's so funny. It's good. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a bit of a magician and I give you credit for that. <laughs> uh, multi-class. Um, yeah. And it, uh, I just was so excited we got to do this, and uh, it, it is one of the highlights for me. So, um, I mean, I have a very simple life, and I'm certainly not complaining by any means. I got rid of my old, uh, dusty old office career and uh, started down the path of making fantasy projects uh, almost uh, three years ago, and um, I'm loving what I get to do. But there still is a – like, I, I bump into friends and stuff every once in a while, and they're like, I heard you retired. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not really retired. I guess you could maybe say semi-retired. I don't have a boss per se, but I'm still working you know, like eight hours a day or ten hours a day on projects. I, I feel like I'm working more now than I used to, but I'm loving the work that I'm doing, so it doesn't feel like work. But I'm still, you know, um, working away. I have spreadsheets to keep track of my projects, which I have to for clients. you got to be on it for them. Uh, there's lots going on, so – and then, of course, there's the promotional side of things and all that kind of stuff that you do to try and keep a little business running. So the podcast is just this oasis where I get to escape from everything and we just get to be silly and have fun. So for me, this was just such an amazing um, thing to do to really find a time just to relax and have fun. And I guess that's maybe going to lead into next uh, podcast. Where we're going to talk about uh, mental health and burnout. So for me, this helps with that, where it's just something I get to look forward to chatting with a good friend of mine, making time to chat with a good friend and uh, just having a laugh. And we've had really good response, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really um, good response. My reasoning for the podcast was because I'm a lumber grader and I listen to a lot of podcasts at work and I just needed more podcasts to listen to that were good. So <laughs> it sucks that this one didn't pan out, but you know, it's too bad. This <laughs> one's not good. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I don't know. And there's so many great podcasts out there. And I think a lot of podcasts, I think because the, you know, with the success of critical role, and they, they did it, you know, amazing. They, they just absolutely knocked it out of the park and they came along right at the right time. There was a, there was like a void and they just entered it and just filled it so well. Um, I think a lot of people got very excited by that. And there was a lot of streaming uh, shows like Critical Role of people trying to, to, you know, follow that path. Um, and there's actually a lot of podcasts, right, where people are also the same kind of format where they're basically streaming their D&D session. And that's great. That's fantastic. But I don't, I've, and maybe I haven't looked hard enough, but I don't, I haven't seen as many people doing something like this where it's just goofing around. Um, we, we laugh and we joke a lot, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of serious content that can be pulled from this. And both of us have years and years of knowledge uh, of D and D and other fantasy related stuff. And uh, we're just good friends. So it's fun to hear people just having fun and chatting. So I think there's a, potentially a space for this too that i don't think is really saturated or overfilled yeah no it's been good so far and yeah lots of good people reaching out to us and nice comments and it's really nice it is yeah and uh, we were reminded by our good friend old crow chris uh that we should kickstart our uh instagram account that jim grabbed a number of months back and was doing nothing so uh, as of the last uh, week or so, we kind of got that up and running. So we'll keep posting to that. So yeah, check it out uh, um, on Instagram. Um, what the hell do we call it again? What was it's 13 sided die podcast podcast. That's right. Yeah, that's right. 
So yeah, if you want, follow that and we'll be uh, posting silly things and updates about uh, the show. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, I think 2022 is a big year. Uh, I think for, for like D and D, a lot of stuff happened and we were kind of chatting a little bit about that with the advent of the, the movie announcement, which looks phenomenal. I think it's going to be great. And, um, I think if that movie does well, uh, it could be a, a potential of multiple films after that. Like I, I feel it's a gateway film for them. Uh, so I think they're probably going to put a lot into it because, you know, from a financial side, everybody wants to cash in on this, uh, you know, huge amount of uh, people that play. And if they do a good job, they can really garner that and there could be a bunch of really cool films that come out. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, um, my expectations are pretty low for that one. So yeah. We'll, That's a good way to be, though, because you can only go up. Yeah. yeah the movie's going to suck, man. We haven't had a good D&D movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> um. And uh, a lot of books. We talked about that in one of our episodes. It's been a huge year for, for books. Wow. New That's Dragonlance it. book. Oh, was there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> didn't, didn't hear about that at all. <laughs> I mean, even the novel, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I still haven't finished. Um, yeah. Get on that, Sean. There's spoilers I coming. I know, buddy. Uh, I should. It's uh, it's crazy. It's, um, you know, I think um, I think for the D&D, uh, you know, um, organization themselves I, I think this was a massive year for them i think they, they really felt they had a very focused uh energy and they wanted to do a lot of stuff because it just seems so many things from all of the books the movie announcement um all of the uh kind of the rebirth of the Dragonlance stuff which a lot of people like yourself have been waiting for spelljammer spell jammer, everything that they just cranked out um the one D, uh which everybody well not everybody but a lot of people are freaked out by um, I give them credit for allowing people to be, uh, involved in it, you know, um, had they just said, Hey, here's our new version. Uh, a lot of people would have been frustrated by that, but pretty cool. They're allowing people to have uh, a bit of a say in it. And then they're going to kind of review all the notes and everything. Um, they seem to have a lot going on this year. So it was a pretty crazy big year for, uh, for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I'm a little worried about that new D and D with the stuff about the open gaming license. That side of it. Yeah. I think I'm just. I'm saying let's wait and see what happens at this point, but there is some concern about that for sure. Might be the death of D and D. It might go to something else after that. So sorry, just took a sip of tea. Um, No, you're right. Uh, It it has been so prolific and so many people got involved in it because it was not locked down. It was very open and um, yeah, I'll be sad if that happens, if they kind of really close it down, I think it'd be very foolish. They've got to know that like they're not, they're not fools. They got to understand that it's a community. And if you take it away from the community and just put it in the hands of the only, of, of the, you know, the owners, um, you're going to lose something. So hopefully they don't do that, but stupider things have been done in the past in lots of different areas. So I don't know. Yeah. We can all stay at five E we got enough content to last us <laughs> a lifetime. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because on Instagram, when I post stuff, I'm very, very aware of being careful about hashtags. Um, the beginning of 2022 for me, I had my account shut down from Instagram. Uh, I had posted um, a project that I had kind of worked on at the end of the previous year that I really enjoyed. And it was the Stargate, kind of the, you know, the Stargate ring deal. And uh, I was really happy with it. And I posted it and I put about four Stargate tags in it, you know, like Stargate, hashtag Stargate. I don't even remember, like all, whatever came up from Stargate, I was just like hitting those hashtags. 
And I posted it, and I don't know if I triggered some kind of bot somewhere or what happened, but they shut my account down, and I had to beg and plead and figured out a, a way of – there's a special special URL link. If you go to, you can submit something, and it really – it helped resuscitate my account. Uh, if anyone ever needs it, please message me. I do have a copy of that link because uh, it's like a piece of gold dust if you get shut down. Um, but anyways, uh, and then they sent me an apology, which was nice, but it did get shut down. And so since then, I've been like super hyper worried about, um, you know, about copyright stuff and, and, you know, and I get it. It's understandable if, if somebody has something and you're trying to make money off it and stuff, that's, you know, that's not fair. That's not the way it should be. That's why there's a copyright, but, um, it was weird cause it was, you know, just this object that I had hand built, um, of the Stargate realm. Uh, and, uh, it was for a client. So yeah, I did get paid for it. But um, it just got me really worried. So I've been super careful. Um, the whole time I worked on um, the Inn of the Last Home for um, Mr. Joe Maganello, uh, which was all thanks to Jim, because right behind him in the background, I see the one that I built for you a few years <laughs> ago. And uh, Mr. Maganello uh, had seen that and he was very excited and messaged me, which is probably one of the most bizarre things of 2022 was getting a direct message from Joe Manganello. Uh, that I hadn't reached out to him. That was a very weird and exciting thing. But the whole time I built that project, I did not put hashtag Dragonlance because Dragonlance was a big thing of the year and I just didn't want to get flagged or anything. And even in the text, when I wrote about it, I would just say Dragon Space Lance. I wouldn't even say this one word in the text, just from fear. Like if you get your account shut down, it's such a scary thing um, because we put a lot of time and effort into building up that account and to go and lose it. And to f the feeling of having to start all over again is really a horrible feeling. And it was really horrible to realize how much that account meant, like the importance of it, I guess. Uh, that was scary. But um, anyways, uh, I, I, I worry that if D&D does get rid of kind of their open license, are they going to start cracking down on copyright stuff? Because I mean, every one of my tags has hashtag D&D, hashtag Dungeons and Dragons, because that's everything that I do. And I've never once was worried about that. And now I'm thinking going forward, that could be, you know, a thing. Would, would they start policing that? Which, again, would be super foolish because it's all their community. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I don't know. I think that, yeah, I think that the community is too big and I don't know. Yeah, it'd be it'd be suicide for him, honestly, as a company. That seems to be the way it feels, right? Like it's such a different thing because it is it is a community and it's all tied to that. So it'd feel really foolish for them to to do something to harm that community. But like I said, people have done stupid things. When money's involved, people do dumb things. Yeah. I thought uh, your account got shut down for making stupid Star Wars things, but uh, hey, whoa, whoa, it was, whoa, it was whoa. Stargate, I guess. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, stupid Star Wars things. No, that was the first time it got shut down. I've been shut down twice now. Uh, the first time, the year before that, was because I posted a lightsaber that I made from, yes, the Star Wars franchise. And I think I had a picture of the original lightsaber at, that I copied that I did a prop from. And it didn't like that I put that picture in, which makes no sense to me because people post pictures from films all the time, all over Instagrams. I don't know why I got flagged. So I've literally yeah. had my account shut down twice now, which is just crazy. Hear that, folks? Uh, keep out of Star Wars. It's bad news. <laughs> no, no bias there or anything. Uh, Jim's a no. massive Star Wars fan, people. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, so... 
anyways, uh, that project was probably one of the biggest project. Well, it was the largest project I built all year for sure. And it was uh, pretty huge because of obviously the person it was going to, um, which was crazy. It was weird to be messaging uh, Joe on a daily basis, sending him updates and having him respond and stuff. That was just the strangest thing in the world. Um, you know, big shout out to Scott at Paladin Woodworking Maine, also another amazing um, maker, builder. If you want, I would highly recommend following Scott. Um, he bought a Infinity Nook off me uh, over just about a year ago, and um, he posted a picture of it on his Instagram, and Scott has a lot of followers. And one of them happened to be uh, Joe Manganello, and that's where Joe had saw my work and kind of connected with me from there. So you never know where things come from, which I think is fascinating. Um, but thank you, Scott. I do really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that was a really fun build. It was a nightmare because it had to go to California safely. Jim knows just for the sheer size of it. And it's not something you can easily box because it's a tree with branches and leaves, and it's really weird. So I, I literally made a wooden crate for it. And there's a wooden base on um, both the ones that I've built. So I had the wooden crate screwed into the wooden base so it wouldn't move. And we shipped it, uh, and we're going to throw um, dispersions here right now, but we shipped it through UPS. And it wasn't really the company. I, I wanted to use FedEx, but through conversations with the client, we decided to do UPS. And they couldn't find his address, which was ridiculous. So they sent it back to the main depot. And it was just a nightmare for like about five hours. I was on the phone trying to talk to somebody. You cannot talk to people at UPS. It's just impossible. And then it kept being, well, no, you got to talk to somebody at the international. So they put me through international. I'd be on hold. I'd get hung up on. It was just horrible. And uh, it took longer to get there than it should. And I spent three months going back and forth with them trying to get some kind of reduction in fee because we paid a ton of money to have it shipped for overnight with a thing with a for a huge crate and i never got anywhere with them i just kept hitting roadblocks and eventually i just had to give up we just got nowhere um so yes i'm going on the record saying do not use ups i think they're a horrible company <laughs> Their customer service is just balls they're the worst um we'll never use them again the majority of the stuff i've always sent is just through canada post and they've been phenomenal i've had just great results with canada post but this was a big item we want to insure it and all that kind of stuff and anyways yeah i drove uh i but, drove six hours to grab mine <laughs> that's, that's right that's there's right. no way i was trusting that in the mail no way yeah yeah that's the whole thing you just worry about that and, and you know as a maker it's one of my biggest fears is making something spending a lot of time on it and shipping it to the client it gets damaged and um like i said i've been selling stuff actively now for almost three years and i've only had um touch wood hit my noggin um i've only had one thing get damaged in shipping Sorry, Steve, that was something from this year, but I did uh, rebuild it for him and send him a new one. Uh, but I've been for very fortunate. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice too, because uh, you know, I, I made a couple of large things for, for Jim. Um, and uh, both times we've got to get together and, uh, you know, and, and transfer the, the item in person, which is kind of fun. But, uh, you know, and I've done that actually, funny enough, I've done that for a few of my clients, met them here in town, if they're relatively local and handed them over, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, some things are just difficult. Like the inn I'm working on right now, which is a, a copy of my tavern I use in my game. Um, it's very big, and uh, it is—it's a building, so there's weird shapes and angles. And I'm gonna have to ship that to Florida in the next couple of weeks, and so I'm gonna have to try and figure out a, a decent method of packaging that up without it getting damaged as well, right? So you, you never know what they're gonna do in shipping, you know, at all. Um, the item I sent down to um, Steve that got damaged. 
Um, I'd put a bunch of um, the little uh, plastic bags of air in it to help distribute it. And there was one thing that was kind of pointed up. The rest was all totally flat. And I thought it'd be safe. It, he showed me the box and it was just pancaked. It looked like they put a fridge on top of his box. So oh, wow. you you don't know what they're going to do in shipping. They're going to put the box down and you don't know what they're going to stack on top of it. And somebody else's box that could be smaller could weigh a ton. It could be there. Somebody's collection of bricks they're mailing to a friend. <laughs> and yeah, it just pancaked his. So you have to, you know, you have to be careful to make sure that it's as safe as you can be to ship it. So anyways, um, yeah. What about you? What was a big project for you this year? Doing Epic Inktober, that was pretty big for me, hosting that. Mm-hmm. Everyone just, you know, made a list of 31 words and everyone drew those words every day and or the theme. So, yeah, no, that, that was That was awesome. fun. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. Had a lot of good feedback from that, so. Yeah, and your your level of art was just like crazy how much it went up. Oh, thanks, man, yeah. Like, wow. Like I was like, you know, I think you get most improved student award for the year. That was insane. Uh, It was, yeah. I mean, the stuff you were cranking out, especially towards the end was just ridiculous. Yeah. I haven't drawn sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's, uh, it's about time and uh, just trying to stay on it. Um, Would you, you're going to do it again, you think? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of people had a lot of fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big one. Uh, learned how to OSL paint this year, the like object source lighting. So that yeah. was a pretty big deal for me. So my buddy Bard helped me out with that. So I painted up a cool little uh, blacksmith shop with the uh, embers were glowing. And I don't know. It, I just didn't think I could do it. And then I painted it. I was like, wow. I was like, look, it looks like real fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Good for you. Yeah, that's tough stuff. And when, when people get it right, it looks so incredible. Like I've seen people, you know, where the character's holding like a lantern and that lantern's mm-hmm. shining on it. It looks amazing, right? Like it's cool. Yeah. So that was a good one. Uh, the, the art gallery I did not too long ago, that was a really fun project. Yeah. And that was really, uh, like you said, I, I don't know. I, that was very original. I haven't seen anyone else really do an art gallery. That was a lot of fun. And your uh, little minis of the uh, goblin painting the, the lady goblin posing on the <laughs> thing. That was awesome. I think that was yeah. really cool. That's what inspired the whole piece. I found those minis online. They're, of course, they're metal too, which was awesome. And I was like, I'm going to build a whole art gallery for this mini. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's really fun. That was just a neat idea. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, what else did I do? I built a potion shop. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I made the potion out of like a resin bottle or put resin in a bottle. Yeah. And then I made it so you could take it out and you could interchange it so it could be whatever kind of shop you want. But that's smart. I just... I just don't build out foam too much. So it's kind of a, it's a big undertaking for me to build a whole building, but turned out pretty good. And Sean measures everything to the exact degree. And I eyeballed basically the entire build and it's surprising that it worked. (laughs) It can totally work that way too. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, there's, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do stuff. It's the, the right way is the way that works for you. That's the right way. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it was built by goblins. There's a couple little hokey pieces in the back, but yeah, that's, it was built by goblins. So that's totally fun. But you know, there is a progression too, though. Like I find it's really funny because the tavern I mentioned earlier that I'm building right now is a duplicate of one I built, like, I don't know, three years ago or something. I built this thing and I'm looking at the one that I built and I'm going like, Oh my word, really? And I'm just looking at all (laughs) really bad painting in places, overlap painting and bad cuts and just things not lining up. And I'm like, 
wow. And there is a progression. The more you work with anything, the better you get. And it's not even the better you get, the more things that you learn that you can add to stuff. And uh, I can see that I, I do things differently now than I did obviously three years ago. So the newer version is a much better version of what I did. It's basically it looks the same, but if you start looking, there's way nicer details and way nicer texturing and the painting's going to be a lot better. And uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. We, you know, that's hopefully how everybody does. You get better as you continue doing stuff. Yeah. But that's cool. Um, you talked about the thing at the beginning of the episode. We did talk about thing. Yeah, that was uh, a big thing. <laughs> was that your favorite personal project from this year that you did for yourself? I think it probably is. And uh, this was a big year for me. Um, I did a few personal projects. I kicked off the year working on a, uh, from Blade Runner 2049, um, when Kay walks into the room and he has to do his baseline scanning. And there's like a, it's called a baseline scanner on the wall. And it's this kind of white object. Um and uh, I really, really wanted to build one of those. I thought it'd be fun to walk into my studio every morning and have one sitting on the wall in my studio and I'd have to do my baseline scan. And uh, I really got, it's very organic, round corner shaping stuff. And I did some really cool things. I made some specifically like oval rounded templates just to be able to cut one cut of something. So I really spent the time to try and make it look good. Like we we're talking about earlier, very, very keen on the measurements. I looked up a bunch of other people's ones that they've built and checked sizing and um, just to geek out, there was somebody had a picture of a person from the behind the scenes of the filming of the movie, and the person was holding the um, scanner in their arms, and they had an ID bag hanging around a lanyard on their neck, and people were making measurements of the item from the size of the the ID badge because oh, there's wow. a standard ID badge size, and that's how they're yeah. getting. And that's how geeky you can get on this stuff. Um, but I really enjoyed that project, and I did a lot of work on it. And then it, again, it just. I didn't have enough time to spend on it straight, so it's kind of stalled, and it's just sitting up on the shelf in pieces, and it hasn't been finished. Another one of them to, to the pile of unfinished projects. But like I said, this year was fun because I got to do the Obi-Wan uh, microbinoculars. Uh, Mrs. Ardnor and I went to a medieval festival, and I dressed up kind of in my uh, kind of medieval pirate costume, and I didn't have a sword. So I spent a day and made a sword, which was really fun. And that's on the Instagram uh, feed if anyone wants to have a look. But it was fun to make a sword out of wood and foam. And uh, that was a one-shot deal. And that was really fun to do that. And uh, obviously, um, Thing, which was just such a passion project. I was I was so engaged with that. I just – when I was working on it, I was so into it and focused. It was so exciting and very happy to have it done and completed. Uh, shout out to my friend uh, Cliff, who was helpful, and uh, and Rennie in the help in the sculpting. They're amazing sculptors themselves, and it was great to have them give up some feedback and some help. But uh, the other thing that uh, was big for me this year was um, doing the Stranger Things build. Um, mm, that was that, that was, was a lot of fun. That's that fun was, to watch. Such a crazy thing to do for any of you out there that didn't uh, uh, tune in on that. I in a twenty four hour period and i streamed the whole thing live i built a kind of a, a, a i get the old house from the film um i'm blanking on the name it's like crane or crate or i can't even remember but uh it's a supposed to be that house with an old grandfather clock and a stairwell and all that kind of stuff a neat chandelier and then directly is the inverse of it upside down which is the upside down of stranger things that's lit up with red leds and it's the duplicate of it but in a dark and eerie and there's Vecna hanging from uh, the floorboards, which is kind of like the ceiling is upside down. Um, and it was a crazy build. And I absolutely loved that. It was um, one of the harder things that I pushed myself to do this year, I think, to do that all in a 24-hour period. 
but also just filming it, like having it live so people could see if I was getting tired and burning out and going. And that was kind of a neat challenge. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. It was a lot of fun. And wow, big shout out to everybody who tuned in. Like there were people like yourself who would come in and just sit and chat to me for an hour while I was working. And that was lovely. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. You you, you actually were live with me. You were, uh, gave me the big list of questions, which was fun. The Epic Gym questions. That's kind um, of what inspired this podcast a little bit, eh? I think it did. Yeah, there was, certainly was an element of that. I think us just uh, hanging out and doing that. Um, Jim and I have talked about maybe an upcoming episode where we may go live on Instagram and have the two of us and then take questions from the the people, the viewers, and then we'll read the questions and come up with some answers and we'll record that whole audio and that might be a future podcast. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, that was a really fun project. Um, and that was, again, kind of a personal project, which was kind of neat. But you have to make time for them. Like, it's different for me because I do this as a business. I'm constantly working on client work. And so I find for myself, I have to, you know, pepper it with some of my own stuff or else uh, you do get into a burnout situation. Preview next episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's important to kind of do those things. And I'm w- making way less stuff for my game now. Um, I think the only thing I made this year really was that big mountain where you guys went up uh, the zigzag stairs up the mountain. That was probably the only thing that I really made uh, for my game. And and honestly, that's where this whole thing has come from is I used to make terrain for my game. But we also played a lot less games than um, previous years. I think we maybe maybe had like 12 games this year, 10 or 12 games, not as anywhere near as many as I'd like. But that's okay. I was busy. A lot of the players were busy and it's hard to queue people up. And I'm hoping that's kind of a, a wish for next year that we get a little bit more on schedule and play at least once a month is what I'd like, but we'll see. And that's uh you build everything module though too, right? Or try to. So that try that's to. huge, right? So the, the more you do it, the less you have to build. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. Like that mountain, which has all these stairs running up at the stairs have toothpicks that poke into the mountain. So you can actually pull the tooth, the stairs off of the mountain and then there's just a mountain. So I could use that in a game where I just needed a mountain. So that's a huge tip. And you're right, Jim, and everything you can do. I mean, I'm sitting in this, I, I podcast from the D and D room. So as I look around, like, I mean, there's, there's terrain everywhere. And a lot of the games this year were just grab this, grab that, grab this. And all of a sudden I have a whole thing put together. So the more you get, the easier it is to put stuff together for games. You don't have to build stuff and I'm running out of space anyway. So it's all good. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I painted some Dragonline maze this year to go underneath into the last home I have, uh, Takisa's throne room. So I've been painting up some villain minis for that. Yeah, that's sick. Did you, you did that last in 2021, I think, didn't you? The throne room? That wasn't uh, this year, was it? Yeah, that was in 2021. I think so. Yeah. But, yeah, but now I'm filling it up with villains. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That's a fun build. I like that one. Yeah. So yeah, it's good just every once in a while. And I do those paints in one session. I'm not like yeah. a crazy painter, nothing, just a couple hours. I'll paint up one of the minis and that's cool. That's a good, that's a good pace for me. I ordered some, um, uh, airbrush paints that are coming in the next day or so. And, uh, one of the wiggly jiggly, uh, bottle mixers. Oh, Nice. I just use for all my terrain stuff. I'm just using cheap acrylic paint that you get like at Michael's. So you shake that by hand a little bit. Like it's nothing, it doesn't really separate. So you don't have to use, but airbrush paints a little bit different and it does separate. So I've got that stuff coming and uh, I got uh, an airbrush and compressor for my uh, lovely wife, Mrs. Ardnor. I have an old airbrush compressor system in the studio that was a hand-me-down 
a friend of the wife's had it. She gave it to me 30 plus years ago. And it was probably already like five, eight years old when she gave it to me. So this thing's almost 40 years old. And about two, <laughs> two years ago, it just died. It said like, dude, I'm done. I've, I put my time in. And I didn't use it all that often, but occasionally I would. So, and I've been meaning to replace it. And I just never got around to it. So uh, the lovely wife bought me one for Christmas and uh, very excited. Uh, you also have one, I believe. Yes. Yeah, we both got a airbrush for Christmas, so that's so exciting. We're, we're gonna have to, uh, yeah, we're gonna try and spend some time together, and uh, it's a different world, and uh, I'm excited. But yeah, I want to get some decent paints because uh, that makes a difference, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Because I don't even have any army army painter stuff. I have none of that paint. Uh, I don't paint minis that much anymore, and if I do, I just use the cheap acrylics on it because I'm lazy. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of excited to get some good quality paint and uh, try and do some stuff with it. So it'll be cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Dragon Lance, uh, I just put in a bid on eBay that was about to expire. Oh no! What are you yeah, bidding on? Seven minutes. Uh, it's a Red Dragon. Ooh, crazy! So it's the Red Dragon Rider. Yeah. Had to and hum and haw about it, and and it expires in seven minutes. It did, yeah. And then I put in my counter offer. So. Oh, we'll, cool. We'll know next episode if it went through or not. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I imagine that's yeah. just probably going to go up in value now because of all the hubbub about Dragonlance. Have you seen that? Has it been an increase in prices or no? No, not really. It that's seems cool. like more people selling it, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, in comic books, um, we've talked before, like I've always been a Batman fan as a kid. And um, probably about, and I've collected comics in, you know, fits and starts. Like sometimes I'm collecting like a madman and other times I don't collect anything in years. But I have a whole bunch of Batman comics, um, a little bit of X-Men, a lot of Wolverine. I like Wolverine as well. But in my head, I, I kind of always wanted a comic book collection, um, probably of, I, like I was thinking like the Silver Age, like starting in the 60s and have a full collection of comics would be really cool. Um, but like, you know, to try and do a Batman collection, which started well, Batman's a like golden age is impossible. Like I, I would literally have to be like stupid, insanely rich to do a Batman collection because it's just. You know, the early books are so way out of my my league. Um, and then if you think of Silver Age, um, you know, a Spider-Man collection is – that's tough. Like Amazing Fantasy is like a ridiculously priced, you, you know, tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars for one of those books. So it's it's just not attainable. And then I realized that a character I also liked as a kid was Daredevil because he's this neat person who's, you know – Although he, he, you know, using kind of like a sonar detection type thing, he can sense stuff, but he's not like super powered or he's not crazy. And I, I always like those kind of characters. Like a, a, that's why Batman to me is the coolest because he's he has no superpower other than he's rich and he's worked out a lot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he's got good powers of deduction like Sherlock Holmes. Um, so I kind of really like Daredevil as a kid. And I realized, you know, Daredevil is attainable. Like I was like, ah, that's kind of cool. Like Daredevil, I started looking into it and a lot of the Daredevil books were like pretty cheap. So I started a Daredevil collection, and then lo and behold, they come out with Daredevil as a TV series, which is amazing. Like that's one of the best comic book adaptations ever done. Um, and I'm like, oh my god! Like I'm still collecting these books. The price is going to skyrocket, and it really didn't. They really didn't change very much at all. Um, you know, it was I was very fortunate. And for anybody out there who is um, a collector, they'll get this. Anybody who's not a collector, um, you may not have experienced this, but there's um, it's like there's holy grails that you have in your 
whatever you're collecting it be maybe you collect vintage cameras maybe you collect um you know uh action figures maybe you collect comics maybe you collect dragon lance figures whatever it is there's like a holy grail something that you really want and you keep your eye open for it all the time and i have a very bad collector mentality and i collect a lot of stupid things and um <laughs> i was at a comic book show probably about seven years ago and um somebody on their table had a daredevil number one and I didn't have Daredevil number one in my collection, and I dreamed of getting one. The top corner of the, the cover was ripped, um, and that was very helpful for me because it was a very doable price. With the ripped cover, it still sold for 300 bucks, and I had kind of given myself a budget that I could spend $300 roughly at the show because I can get carried away. So I just I didn't really buy anything else at the show. I just bought that one comic. It was Daredevil oh, wow. number one. Um, being an artist, I went digitally and recreated that corner and printed it perfectly and slipped it in behind it. So when you look at the comic, you can still see the whole comic. It looks like mm, there's only yeah. an inch or so torn off it, but that inch tear was really helpful because it, it doesn't matter if they're highly collectible. That comic still is anywhere from like 700 to depending on the quality, thousands of dollars for that book. So I was very excited to get a copy of it. And then probably about two years later, uh, Stan Lee was at the comic expo. And so I went specifically for that, brought my book, and I got Stan Lee to sign my first edition of Daredevil, which was really fun. And uh, it was kind of nice to say hi to him. Like, you don't really get to talk to him. You're kind of shepherded through, and you say hi. And then sadly, he's since passed. But that was kind of exciting for me to have my book and get him to sign it. So as a collector, when you see that book on the table and you're like, oh, my word, that that's I, that's one of your holy grails. And it's like, that's an attainable price. I could buy that. Like I could own it and it's a very exciting feeling. Um, yeah, stuff like as a collector, it's neat to have that kind of, you know, things that you're on the hunt. Uh, there's things that I've literally taken 10 or 20 years to locate a version of that. And then you eventually fill it and you get it. And it's such a neat feeling. Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that was me with a uh, Castle Grayskull. Right. So I've never had a new one. My parents bought me one from a grad sale when I was a kid. Mm hmm. And then I got rid of it when I got out of toys and stuff. And then when I built the fungin, I was like, I need a Castle Grayskull back. So I found one on eBay and yeah, of course paid outrageous price for an original one. So <laughs> that's cool though. That's fun. It's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course there's problems in the world and people that are living poverty and all that kind of stuff. But again, speaking to the next episode, there's a mental health element of life and, you know, if you're in a situation and you have some disposable income and you can buy something that can actually really mean something to you and make you feel good, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. And um, I, I, it's very healthy to, to feel. If you get uh, possessed by your possessions, that's bad. Like, no, don't mm. do that. And if you're obsessed uh, trying to find those things, that's not good either. Um, but if you can buy stuff to make yourself feel happy and enjoy your life, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. It always uh, finds is funny about collections is how uh, you always put a value on, right? Like you were saying with the, how mm. much that daredevil books worth. Yeah. It's funny because it, that doesn't mean anything. You're never going to sell that. <laughs> no, I know. And it's, it's hilarious, right? Because, yeah. but it, I'll tell you what though, as a kid, because I did like, Oh, I have always liked comics. Um, in the early eighties, um, Marvel, um, kind of rebooted a comic book that they hadn't had out for like about 10 years or whatever. And it was called moon Knight. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was going buying them off the shelf in the comic store or in the corner store. And my small entrepreneurial mind was like, oh, this is huge. This is number one. I'm at the beginning of this. And for the first like 10 issues, I bought duplicates of all of the issues. And when Moon Knight 
was talking about coming out on in the Marvel Universe and uh, being released on Disney or whatever, I went and dug out my moon. I knew where they were. They were in a box buried under the stairs and whatever, and they were all boarded and sitted there. And I pulled them out and uh, I went through them and started looking and people were selling these books for a lot of money, like some of them for a lot. And I realized that those set of 10 duplicates, I could sell for almost $1,000 for all 10 of them. Oh, wow. And I was very excited and I thought my, te- my, you know, my young 13, 14 year old kid would self would be so excited that I did that. And I foolishly didn't jump on it. So I don't know if the value is still there now that the series has come out or not. I should check. Uh, it might still be there, but uh, I probably should put those up. I've just never sold, like I said, I've never sold any of my comics ever. Mm. And I've got a stupid amount of duplicates and a bunch of stu- I should, it made me think I should go through with a whole pile of them and figure them all out and just start trying to sell them. Even if I sold them for cover price, I could make some of my money back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some people buy stuff specifically to sell, you know what I mean? As an investment. Um, I have brand new in the box four original Ninja Turtles from the mid eighties when the series first came out on TV. And I bought them for my son who was into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I bought duplicates for myself and they're sitting in a box. I know where that box is brand new unopened. Um, and they're probably worth like, I don't know, at least 50 bucks each, at least like that's 200 bucks, but does it matter? Like, Mm -hmm. You know, like I like Ninja Turtles. I love the original uh, Eastman and Laird comics from back in the day, right? Um, do I want to sell them? Probably not, but I know I could, which is weird. I think I need to make a list of everything I've got though, so that when I scrog it and I'm gone, my family knows which things to sell and how much they should sell them for, you know, yeah. like, and foolishly I've cr- collected like vinyl records my whole life. I've got, oh, I've got close to 2,000 LP records and about a thousand forty fives, and there's some in there that are worth quite a bit of money because they're fairly rare from a long time ago, whatever. So, but in a big pile of records, they're just records; they don't mean anything. And so, it's a kind of thing that when stuff happens, sometimes people just give it away the whole lot. Here, give me like give me a couple hundred dollars, and I'll give you all these records. And no, there's records in there; they're worth the money. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Never lie to your uh, significant others about how much you pay for stuff. I tell my wife exactly how much my D and D stuff's worth, how much I paid for it. <laughs> so yeah. if I die, she doesn't get ripped off. <laughs> right. That's exactly. That's what it comes down to. I don't. I don't want them to miss out on this money that I have spent. They should get it back. It's only fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a huge comic book collection, and I sold them all for a PlayStation. And PlayStation came out. <laughs> so all I've got now is I bought the like entire set of uh, Dragonlance comics cool. at Expo one year. Yeah, it's cool. Obviously had to have those, and then just yeah. a couple of Forgotten Realms ones I've picked up here and there. But that's neat. Yeah, I think that's, that's where I'm gonna. I think that I'm just gonna keep with D and D comics now. That's cool. Just, it's good. I haven't collected seriously collected comics probably in about I don't know seven eight years now. Um, and I go through phases like, but yeah, I don't. I just. It, 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 different things interest you and stuff, you know, and um, it's uh, it's kind of cool. Although like I said, though, when you do see that one thing that's you're, you're missing from your collection and you have a, a chance to get it, it's a very exciting feeling. Yeah. Um, what else was big this year? Mm, trying to think some of the stuff I did. I got into those speed paints. The yeah, you did paint speed paints. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I did uh, twenty one cobalts in one paint sesh. So wow, that's insane. Yeah, and no, you're really liking awesome. them. You're really mm-hmm. liking the paints, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some people say you can't paint over them and stuff. And I, yeah. I never really found that for nope. tabletop quality. Yeah. Yeah. So no, there it's a game changer for getting some of the horde of shame painted. 
I think everybody that I've spoken to that have used them has said the same thing. They're really, really happy and really impressed with them. Yeah. And what about you? What about me? Um, well, I did have some other big bills. Of course, that's just a huge part of my life. So sorry, we got to talk about more of my bills. Um, at the beginning of the year, I shipped out uh, the Weathertop build I did. Mm, right. Uh, that, that looked awesome. That was a fun build. Um, for any of you that didn't follow that, um, Weathertop is such an interesting structure because it's, it's ruins, right? So it's all destroyed and broken down. And when I built it, I had to make that decision. Do I try and build it as ruins or do I build it as a whole original object and then ruin it, basically? Um, and I decided to do it on the ladder to build a whole kind of what it did look like <clears throat> and then to kind of tear it back. Because trying to build something that's only partially there, it just felt really difficult to get the right shape and the right structure to it and everything. And uh, it was funny because I was like halfway through and had it together and the client's like, I don't know, maybe I want to keep it as a solid original thing <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. because it looked really cool. And you never saw Weathertop as a finished structure and it was really neat. And I'm like, yeah, no, I get that. I can if you want. He goes, no, we need to do it as, you know, <laughs> I want to I use it in gameplay. And so we ripped it all back and that was a really fun project. Uh, very excited about that one. Um, a couple of others this year that were big highlights. Uh, Erebor was a big one doing the inside of uh, the Lonely Mountain. Um, shout out to our good friend Dustin, Kings Valley Forge, did a fantastic um, 3D print of smog for me. And uh, we got that all painted up. And uh, that one... That one took it to a different level for me because it was really neat lighting throughout it. Um, I used, um, if you guys are familiar with them, called fairy lights. They're just little tiny LED lights on kind of these little copper wires uh, from one little main source. Uh, and I strung those behind the walls and had them poking out in different areas. So I had lots of neat little lighting all over. I did a big kind of chandelier type of light at the top, very kind of not, not a hanging one, but more of a dwarven. It was like an inverted pyramid. Um, and so it had a lot of neat light to it. And then... Um, Ironically, my most popular thing on Instagram this year was me doing the treasure, starting the treasure hoard for Smog, and it's me dripping sand down onto the treasure pile that's kind of gets glued into place, and that becomes kind of like small pieces of gold is the idea. That thing exploded on it. I still get people liking it now, and it has something like 60,000 likes or something. It gets just – or sorry, 60,000 views and I don't know, like – 4,000 likes or something stupid. It's just, it went like kind of my level viral, I guess is what you'd say, but yeah, uh, it really was popular with people, which was very cool. And um, that was a really fun project. Uh, really happy how that turned out. Uh, what else was there? The, the two the treasure, the treasure room. You got to talk about the treasure room. Yeah. The two stories. That is the, my favorite. Was it? Thank you. The guild hall and treasure room with the secret door behind the bookcase. That was a lot of fun. And making all those items for the treasure room was just a blast. Communicating with the client, we put a bunch of things in there that were tied directly to his characters because they're going. He's going to use that in game, and so there was certain like a staff I put in there, a dragon's head. We had a black dragon because they had killed one. There are black dragon scales on the wall. Um, you know, a bunch of uh, one of his one of his players has a special lantern. So I in the bottom I put a lantern again, another little fairy light that just went up to this lone lantern that lit up when you turned the lights on, which was fun. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting build. Um, we put paintings in it, um, and uh, I like to make paintings for stuff. And we chose some fun ones, and one was a uh, Frazetta painting, and that it kind of exploded. I have a, that's another one of my most popular posts was just this picture of the Frazetta painting on the wall in that little, um, you know, in the treasure room. Uh, that was a blast. It was like over two hundred objects that were handmade 
painted and then all glued into place. It was silly, but it did look really cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, so that was neat. Um, Doors of Durin for our buddy Mitch. That uh, is a dual mountain. One side has Durin, the other side is Erebor. So it's like putting two distant mountains together so we can use it in mm-hmm. gameplay on each side. Uh, the Doors of Durin turned out really well. Again, Dustin did a great job helping out with some 3D printing, those huge big dwarves and uh, the door itself and uh, did a neat dry brushing effect to make the door light up. That was really cool. And then um, the other side of the mountain, I'm still working on. i got to finish it in January, but that's the entrance to Erebor as seen in the Hobbit film, which will be kind of cool. Um, boy, there was so much this year. Uh, I really actually enjoyed working on the Red Dead Redemption, that little tiny diorama, which a client commissioned me to make for a friend of theirs. That was fun because it was so outside of the realm of D&D and mimicking the uh, the cross and trying to put all the flowers and the plants and everything. And that was really a fun little build. Um, that, that's going to be good, uh, like transferring over to your D&D builds, though, right? You'll learn different skills from that. And- all the time, all the time. Um, I think there's a whole world in which I could be making um, builds for people for gaming stuff because there's all the cut scenes and famous scenes in video games that would just be a blast to make little dioramas for people because it would just be exposure or different areas, which would be so much fun to do that. Um, yeah. I am so absolutely fortunate and blessed that um, people ask me to make stuff for them. Like I have to, you know, just hundred percent honest. Like I just, it's so great. Uh, I've got the big tavern build going on right now. I have to finish Erebor front entrance for Mitch. Uh, Mitch has me commissioned to go and make a whole shadow fell world. Now next, I got a bunch of buildings he wants me to work on in, in the new year. I have a, a custom book nook for a client to make. It's like a wizard's inside of a wizard's tower is kind of the idea. And um, then I have another two-story build that's kind of a upstairs and downstairs of a tavern for another client that I start in February or something. Like, it's ridiculous that I'm like, if someone asked me to make them something right now, I could say I can certainly would love to start. It's probably March or April before I can start. Like, that's how booked up I am. And I mean, that's just ridiculous to think that is, that – this silly little, um, you know, business has turned into something like that. It's amazing. I guess I'm so thankful, so fortunate that I get to do this. And uh, just a big thanks to everyone who's ever supported me. And you probably being one of my biggest, uh, you know, friends and supporters of this whole thing. It's crazy. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, you got the skills for it. Like, that's, it's, I'm not surprised how booked up you are. Uh, what else are you looking forward to in 2023 that's not, like, project-related? Well, um, I've not really said this to anybody and uh, I'm, I, I've chatted a bit about it with you and I've told some other people a little bit and I need to make the decision, but I'm honestly thinking of having a con here in Calgary um, for kind of like a D&D terrain type con. Um, something small, I'm just going to rent out the community hall down the street and just invite people to come. I'm thinking very much like what Gary Gygax did in the early days of Gen Con when he just had a bunch of war game friends to get together. Uh, so I don't expect there to be a ton of people, but I'm seriously thinking of doing it. And if it goes well, maybe it's an annual event. Um, I'm thinking of maybe June is the date. So it's kind of just pre-summer before people are, you know, interfering with their summer plans. It's not freezing cold. Um, it's that kind of time. I have to check, make sure there's nothing else going on for people in and around there, but I'm seriously thinking about doing it. Um, I said to myself, I was either going to do that or do Comic Expo and have a booth at Comic Expo. And I think I'd rather do the con. It would be more fun. Um, Expo's a focus on trying to make money and you know maybe make connections. This is just a focus on fun. And I'm really feeling I want fun in my life. 
And uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. But I think it'd just be a giggle to get people together. Um, so I guess kind of a little bit of cat out of the bag. This is potential. Um, I'll make a decision and announce in January if it is going to happen. And uh, that I would be very much looking forward to. And uh, I think we'd probably do uh, like just a bunch of things on the list of stuff that would happen. Um, you know, loosely we're thinking obviously having some booths set up. So for local vendors to be selling wares and stuff, uh, having people giving uh, tutorials on how to do things. Um, our good friend Cliff would probably be uh, chatted with him a little bit and he's interested in maybe doing like a little seminar on uh, molding and casting stuff, which would be really fun. So you might do that in front of people. Um, I could do some stuff on train, other people I know on train, um, some other friends who do DMing, we might have some like, uh, D and D tables going. So if you want to sit down, like three or four people could sit down and do a one shot right there. We could have maybe two or three of those games going on. 13 sided uh, die live. I think that would be incredible, right? Like for us to get up on stage and just do this silliness with microphones. We could take some questions from the audience and record the whole thing. That would be fun. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of, po- a lot of potential, a lot of fun to it. And as long as it's going into it, realizing that it's just really for fun. If I was able to recoup the money for the rental of the hall, that would be cool. But even yeah. if I, it doesn't matter, it would just be kind of a fun thing to do for the community. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where Eric, this will be the first time the, uh, the general audience would be hearing about it. So that's the loose plans uh, announcement to come in January if it does happen. So I'm excited about that for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be at the expo this year as well. So hopefully yeah. we can go there for a day or something. Well, I was thinking maybe, stuff out. maybe I could go to expo as a person as opposed mm-hmm. to a vendor. That'd be kind of fun. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, what about you? What do you kind of have on your list for 2023 as something fun? Ah, uh, well, I'm uh, running the uh, new Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen campaign for you and Mike and yeah. Chubbs and our buddy Bard. So that's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. It's pretty near cool. and dear to my heart. So yeah, excited for that. Um, very, Bard, very excited. He's uh Bard's Paint uh, printed me up a sawmill. You said that. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm really excited for that project just because I've worked at a sawmill for 14 years now. So I actually <laughs> kind of know what's going on with that, right? So. <laughs> I'm excited to get that piece of train built. And I think I'll put a little bit more love into that than I usually do for some projects. So that is awesome. Yeah. I did see a thing online the other day. Um, it's kind of like Kingtober, but it's a room a day mega dungeon oh, for wow. 2023. So every day you just, you know, you have all your graph paper or whatever. And every day you just draw a little room. Oh, cool. And then every day for 2023 and you make a massive mega dungeon. So yeah, I don't know. I crazy. Maybe doing that for a month. I might try that. Or, <laughs> you know. One a day projects are, are, they're really good. I have done probably th- four one a day projects now in my life. Um, the first one was a skull a day. So for every day, no matter what, I drew a skull. Some days I spent literally 10 seconds and scribbled a skull. Other days I spent three hours and drew and painted the skull in all in the sketchbook. And every day for a year, I drew a skull. And I met, I was posting them on Flickr. Uh, and I met a few people, one gentleman, uh, Rich, uh, from Numi Toys, uh, who does amazing work. Uh, we're still friends and we met 10 years ago when I did the skull a day thing and he did one the exact same time. We didn't know each other. And then we were posting stuff on Instagram and we just kind of found each other's posts a couple of months in. We're like, you're doing that too. No way. We just had this really crazy thing. And we met another gentleman who's also doing it in the States. So we had three of us were doing this crazy project just by random fluke and we got to meet each other. Um, 
doing something a day is a neat thing because there's a discipline you learn about having to remember to do it and forcing yourself to do it. And starting something and seeing it to completion for 365 times is crazy. Uh, I would recommend anybody to try it, but really go into it with your eyes wide open because it's a lot of work. And I've, yeah. done, like I said, I've done a few now. Uh, the One of the skulls is our logo, isn't it? It very much is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> our, our logo is from that 10 year ago session, which is fun. And that's what's cool. So whenever I need a skull for something, I can dig through all one of my drawings. I have 365 of them. I would say 75% of them are shite and they're not very good. Uh, but there's a few in there that are pretty cool and uh, that I, I consider cool and we get to use for stuff. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that that'd be okay too for the dungeon or the room a day or whatever, right? Some, yeah. If you don't have time, you put a grate in the middle of the floor. Yeah, exactly. You got lots of time. You can put some torture devices in there totally. wherever you want, right? Yeah, you should try that, man. That sounds cool. So, yeah, I might try that out. So, um, oh, the wife got me, uh, it was like a carnival set from the, uh, I forget what that campaign is called, Wildlight or something. Okay. Um, it's just like a bunch of carnival D&D pre-painted minis. Sick. So I kind of want to build like a little uh, carnival diorama for that. That'd so. be cool. So hopefully get that done. But yeah, that's about it. And then just don't put too much pressure on doing big projects like that maybe just do a handful of them if i can and yeah let make it sure happen. i'm having fun yeah. yeah just let it happen right like uh anytime you're pushing yourself uh it, it's just it's not good it, it's just not good if you're doing something against your own will like you're forcing yourself it's not good mm-hmm. so and take mm-hmm. summers off i i used to be really hard on myself about for taking summers off but yeah i'm busy you know how it is in canada here like we our yeah. summers are short and yes. you know, get outside and enjoy that sun while we got it. Cause totally it'll be winters just right around the corner all the time. So <laughs> did your cold spell up there break? Or are you still cold up there? Yeah, no, it broke. It's, yeah. it was like plus four. Yeah. It was like for a little bit. Wasn't it was, it was minus 45 and well, it's minus 51 of the days, but we had about average of minus 45 for a week up here. Crazy, isn't it? At minus 40 Celsius, it meets Fahrenheit. So at minus 40 is the, is the joining point of the two scales, which is insane. Um, yeah, it was a long, it felt like a really, it was about two to almost three weeks of long, cold, quite a bit of snow too. Um, but yeah, it was brutal. So when it broke right before Christmas, it was just like heavenly. Yeah. It's t-shirt weather now at minus <laughs> 10. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, was, I don't complain too much about that because I, I got Viking blood in me. I'm Canadian. It's I can handle the cold. <laughs> I, I think in all honesty, because we came from England and moved to Manitoba and I grew up in Manitoba as a kid and Manitoba is just like freaking cold, tons of snow, or at least it was in the 70s when I was a kid. And that was it. And being a kid, you just ran around the snow and played all the time anyway. And then we moved to Calgary and I think Chinooks is what they're called here. It's a mm-hmm. weird, strange phenomenon that we have where the warm air from the Pacific Ocean funnels its way through the mountains and comes down and lands in parts of Alberta. And you literally can have a shift from where it's like minus 20 and boom, all of a sudden it's 10, 15 degrees positive and it's in a day and it's a very weird thing. But what I think it does is it makes you weak because all you do is through the cold times, you're just waiting for one of these Chinooks to come and warm yourself up. And so I think in a funny way, you actually... I deal with winter worse being somewhere where it does get warm sometimes as opposed to if it was just cold all the time, you would just suck it up and deal with it. We're here. I'm whining because <laughs> it's not been warm yet. So it's, it's kind of <laughs> but um, yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We got lots of exciting stuff happening in 2023. So yeah, there is, there is. Um, 
I think I was mentioning to you, and, and I'm trying to remember if we mentioned that. I think we mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, which we didn't know was the podcast because we started without really starting. Uh, I'm contemplating doing that Herman Munster sculpt from the thing sculpt, and I think we talked about that. That's a that's sometime in the year I might tackle that. That'll be a big thing. I'd also really like to. I started trying to do something oh, a year, two years ago, and I was calling it My Day Mondays, and I was just working on my own stuff on Mondays. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten so busy with client work and I'm an idiot. I just can't say no. Like somebody will say, Hey, I've got this cool idea. I'm like, that is a cool idea. We should do that. And so then I start, you know, I say I, I commit and then all of a sudden I've got another project I have to build. And so it's really hard to say no. Um, and, uh, I get too many things going on and then I don't have time for, for doing it in my own stuff. I want to try and find some time because I have about f- at least four projects, summer star Wars related. Sorry, Jim. Uh, that I would just love to finish. I would love to get them done and finished. Um, and it's just finding time to do it. And finding, like I said earlier, on a big project, finding time in little pieces doesn't feel very satisfying because you don't feel any progress. You kind of need to tuck in and work at it, And at least for me. And so I think that's why a lot of them just sit there and don't do anything because I just don't feel I have the, enough time to dedicate time to make it look like something happened as opposed to just little tiny pieces. So I need to resolve that, figure out either suck it up and just do it on little things or just try and find some time to spend and do yourself. Because I foolishly do client work on the weekends. I, there's no, there's a blur that I don't have a Monday to Friday halftime. I don't even know what day it is. And um, I just keep working on stuff because I love doing it. Um, but I'm not getting a lot of my own stuff done and I would like to. So uh, that that is a focus for me next year is to try and spend a little bit more time on my own stuff. And uh, yeah. Because when you do, like, I mean, doing some of these ones I did get accomplished here, I'm so proud of them. I'm so excited by them. And it'd be great to do some more of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've talked about that a little bit more next episode, but how important that is for you to take some so new projects. I think we've pretty much done that whole episode already in pieces through our previous couple of episodes, <laughs> but we'll just recap. It's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's lovely. No, I think, and I think it's gonna be a big year. We, we've also hinted that uh, Jim and I are working on another uh, side project with um, our, the Wayward Brothers and more information will come, that will come out. I think that 2023 is going to be a really big year for that project, I think. Yeah. Which is exciting. Can't talk about it, but it's really exciting. Yeah. We got a secret meeting in a couple of we weeks gotta, here. So. Yeah, we do. We, there was some chatter about that today. It wasn't there about trying to book yeah. that meeting. We, we need to do yeah. that. So. Yeah. That's exciting. Um what else is happening or going on or what else has happened? I'm trying to remember. Mm, I think that's all my big stuff I had. Yeah. For hobby related. I know for me and I, I'll be posting uh, something on Instagram, a little bit about this. I like to do a year review looking at some of the projects I really enjoyed, which we just kind of talked about. Um, I, I want to say a big thank you. Anybody on here who's listening, who do, who does follow me on Instagram. Thank you so much. I, uh, I was going back and I kind of had a quick look at my, um, I did a fireside chat last year and, um, going into 2022, I had about 3,500 followers and I just went over 9,000 a couple of days ago, which blows my mind. So I had almost like 5,500 followers in a year. Like that's insane to me. Um, I had said last year around this time that my dream is to get to five, my goal is to get to 5,000 and my dream would be at some day to be over 10 K. Like that's, that's a dream for me. I almost did it this year. Like that's nuts. And just such big thank you to the love and support from everybody out there. It's just, it's phenomenal. I am, I'm blown away and, uh, very good chance that not too far into the new year, I probably will get over that 10 K mark, which is just, I don't even know what it is. I think when I started my Instagram account, 
which originally was just to post stuff for my game. It was just, just this kind of silly, boy, it'd be cool to have 10,000 followers. That's a neat, it feels like a, a rite of passage or something. And to feel like I'm just on the cusp, but now is just crazy. I, I'm just, I'm blown away by it all. We put a lot of hard work into it. And Thanks, buddy. You're loved. So it's, you know, it shows and pays off, right? So nuts, just crazy. Yeah. So uh, that's a big thing. I'm kind of excited about that. And that hopefully does happen relatively soon. Um, yeah, I think maybe there's a, maybe a little chat to have is just about the community. Um, wow. Like I have seen such amazing love in this community this year. And again, for next episode, I've seen a lot of people really hurting this year, um, going through a lot of tough times. Um, I think we've all been under a lot of mental strain because of, uh, things like the pandemic and all the crazy stuff going on in and around the world and how we're just bombarded with it. So there's been a lot of, um, a lot of people suffering out there, but there's been such an outpouring of love, uh, and help on our, you know, on our little small group. Uh, it's just amazing. This is an amazing little community and people are so willing to help each other out and to just give that little bit of support. And I would just say, please, everybody just do that to reach out to people. If you see somebody's Instagram account and they say something like, you know, this has been tough or something, send them a message, say, Hey, I get you. I feel you. You know, can I, is there, do you want to chat about it? Like reach out to people that that's what we're here for to help each other. And it's, it's such a beautiful community and the support that we've seen for our silly podcast and the stuff that we post and those kind of things. It's nuts. You know, um, I directly see it through my foolish, lovable friends in the pink phone brigade. You guys have been phenomenal. Like the support, I sometimes feel I get more out of it than the people who subscribe to my thing get out of it because they're just so supportive and so helpful. And, you know, and we have a group chat and somebody will say, Hey, I'm feeling down about this. And then there's just this big outpouring of people saying, why, what's going on? What can I do to help? Or someone saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with something for my next session. I'm a DM and I'm having a hard time. Boom. There's like about five or six people jumping on, giving ideas on what they can do for their next session. I just love it. It's just this um, ability of people wanting to help each other is just so beautiful. And to see it in our community, I, I think it's just fantastic. So I would just really say to everybody, just, help out it's such a good feeling too if you see somebody's hurting and you get to spend a little time and help them out a little bit it just makes you feel good too yeah and then i find too just when you're on instagram or whatever social media if you see a project from someone that you liked like tell them what you liked about it or you know if you have the time if you're just doom scrolling anyways like leave those comments it really it goes a long way you know It, it really does um from the day i started my account I decided that everybody who follows me, I would say thank you and welcome them. So every single person who has followed me, well, probably not every single, but I've tried to do every single person who's followed me. As soon as they do, I just say, you know, welcome, uh, cheers for the follow, welcome to Ardnor. I say that to every single person. Um, and I have had so many people just comment like, wow, I can't believe that you took the time to say hi. And it's just like, I think we become such an impersonal world and there isn't that communication. And I try and chat with anybody who uh, messages me and, you know, uh, I'm always trying to answer questions if I can. It's just about sharing and trying to be that. I think it's a try and be a better person. And the social media does have a lot of negative connotation and there's a lot of negative stuff about it, but there's actually some really good things too, if it's used correctly. And I think it can be really helpful. And, and Jim's totally right. Like, don't just like somebody's thing. Tell them why you liked it. it. Takes two seconds. And it can mean the world to somebody, somebody who's struggling. And I think in the last four or five years, something that as a personal thing that I've tried to do, I've tried to realize that anytime you see somebody, you don't know what's going on in their world. 
you don't know what's happening, what the, what they're dealing with, if there's family issues or health issues or whatever, right? Financial issues. And most people, if you see that person say, hey, how you doing? Their response is, I'm good. I'm fine. That person rarely is going to say, life sucks right now. I'm really dealing with this. Like it's, they don't want to do that. People, as nature, we don't do that. So if you're seeing somebody having a bad time, they're being a bit of a dick or they're kind of loud or they're just whatever, cut them some slack. Try and show a little grace and understand that you don't know what's going on in their world. You don't know the pressures they're dealing with or what's happening. I'm sorry, Jim. I keep doing next episode. I'm sorry about this. Um, What the hell, man? (laughs) But I've tried my hardest to give that person some slack and, you know, and and let them be. If you can say something to help them, great. But if nothing else, just, just don't engage. Just don't even just let them be because you don't know what's going on. And it's I think it's really easy to judge people without knowing the story that's going on. We've all got stuff happening. So I would just say that if you can in life, just try and give people a little bit more leeway, give them a little bit more room and, uh, and just try to be helpful and friendly. Like that's really all it comes down to. And it would mean a world to people if you were to actually say, Hey dude, that looks really cool. I really like what you did there, you know, or something like that. It, it can mean a lot to people. If someone's driving you nuts, you got the block button. Exactly. You totally <laughs> you do. To see <laughs> no, yeah. you're you're totally right. And you can just step away from it, right? Like mm-hmm. that's exactly it. And you know, there's a lot going on. It's hard for that any of us are making it through a lot of this stuff, really, because there's just so much going on in the world. So anyways, um yeah. What else do we got? Do we have anything else to chat about? Mm, I don't think so. We're getting pretty close to being done, huh? Yeah. Yeah, no, just got a lot of awesome projects looking forward to you and yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I can hobby a little bit more this year. I slacked off a little bit last year. Got really got into disc golf. So that was, you know, <laughs> that <laughs> that's, healthy. A lot of time. that's healthy though. Yeah. I think we, we need to book some more time to do builds together, just to hang out and build some stuff together. That'd be fun. Yeah, definitely. That'd be really cool. And that's like we said before, that's kind of where this silly podcast came from as well, where Jim and I would just hang out and talk and build stuff together and do things. And we said, Hey, why don't we record this and have some fun with it? And, uh, you know, kind of tying it back to that, you guys have just been phenomenal. Um, big thank you to everybody. Um, such great support. And uh, yeah, we're just having fun. All right, buddy. Um, this has been great. I'm so glad we did this episode, but I'm so glad we just did this podcast in general. I've had a, uh, so much fun and I really look forward to it. And uh, yeah, here's to a great year. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy when people send me messages, like talking about the, like, Oh yeah, I really hope you keep doing that. Like, wow. (laughs) You actually listen. (laughs) Yeah. I think we're up to like what 14 listeners now, or I I don't know. I can't keep track. I I think we're almost at 20. It's pretty close. So yeah. Pretty crazy. Thank thank you everybody. Thank you. And you know, as silly as it was, I've had so many people comment on last episode where we went up a level. Yeah. There was like so many, those people in crowd like, what are you guys going to do when you go up a level? Like there's all this excitement. So I'm glad we <laughs> did something and had fun with it. Yeah. Um, it was so silly. And it was just, again, I think we need to look for in life, just a little spark of fun, just something to add a little bit of joy to your day. You know what I mean? And, and hopefully this, uh, this gets provided. Hopefully we give people some information that's valid. I don't yeah. know if anything in this episode is valid or, or informative, but um, I, I know I, I strive every time we do, one of our episodes to have something in there that is of some merit that people can say, Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I didn't know that, you know, and they learn a little something. Um, and then also laugh along the way. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be better information in 2023 on 13 side die and there'll be more fun, more fun. We're going to do some more interviews that interview with John. I mean, that was a highlight of, mm-hmm. of the podcast series. I think I, I really enjoyed that. He was so great. 
Yeah, that's my he, yeah, that's my favorite podcast, Tale of the Manticore. So totally shout out again to John uh, Tale yeah. of the Manticore. That was phenomenal. Um, yeah, what a great dude. And uh, that's that guy hustles. He's done a lot of work, right? Like that's crazy because he's yeah. he's doing that on the side, just as a fun gig on the side. And man, and he's not trying to monetize it. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. He's just having fun with it. And I give the guy a lot of credit. He was a gem to sit and talk to. Yeah. And it shows it's all really authentic and you can it tell. Is. It is. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll have a couple more guests on next year, I think. And I mean, really, we started this in August. So we really didn't have a very big kick at the can. It's only been a, like three, four months. So it's a, a lot more to come next year. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Wrap her up there. All right. I guess All right, we'll buddy. end this episode. <laughs> we don't Sounds know good. when it started and we don't know what's going to end. <laughs> All right. Love you, buddy. Yeah, love you too, man. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm TJ from the actual play D&D podcast, Adlib Heroes. If you like adventure, mystery, and magic, join us in the fantastic and intriguing world of Tusi as our characters discover ancient mysteries and personal secrets. Be a part of the adventure with Adlib Heroes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next time on 13-Sided Die. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to today's ramble. I know it was a little bit different and a little crazy, and we didn't even realize we were recording. Well, we knew we were recording, but we didn't know we were talking about the episode till it kind of actually realized we were talking about the episode. Um, good for Jim for calling that one. Um, it was fun, and I had a great day chatting with you, buddy. I hope you did. Yeah, man. Good it chat. was fun. Yeah. Uh, so we just want to talk a little bit about what's coming up next. And I know this is, uh, an episode Jim and I had thought about doing earlier and, uh, I'm kind of glad actually we're waiting to the beginning of the year because I think it's a great time. People are setting goals and, you know, new things, new year's resolutions, whatnot. And this will be coming, uh, that episode will be coming out very early in the new year. And so we want to talk about, um, burnout, burnout in the hobby, mental health. We're not experts by any means, but we both have gone through stuff like that. So we just want to chat about that. I know this is a, a topic that uh, has been close to you, Jim, and you wanted to uh, to do it for a while. So uh, I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, and how to overcome it. That's the... <sighs> totally, totally. <laughs> we're not just going to talk about how life sucks and we're burnt out. No, we're going to talk about things that you can do to avoid that and things that you can do to, uh, to, to notice it, I think is a big thing. So yeah, I think it'd be mm-hmm. a really fun episode. Uh, if any of you out there have any comments uh, that you'd like to add about that or any questions, please send them through to us. Um, we would love to include them in in the podcast. And you can do that through our own uh, Instagram channel for this podcast. You can send it to Jim and I through our own Instagrams uh, or um, through our email, which is Jim. Crystal Ball at 13sideddie.com. Yeah, nailed it. I love it. Uh, yeah, so that's great. Written down. Good for you. You're on top of it today. <laughs> Love it. Uh, is there anything else we wanted to add about that episode? Uh, no, they'll just have to wait and see. And Yeah, I think we've talked a lot about it, which is why we need to talk about it. I think it's, it just needs to be focused on and a whole, a whole thing put to it. So, Yeah. And maybe one of the new segments as well? Yeah, Dice, I think. Dice would be good. Yeah, that'd be yeah. a fun one to talk about. So uh, that's exciting. Um, yeah, anyway, so you guys, uh, hopefully you look forward to that. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Um, please, if you do, uh, follow us would be great. We'd love to have some more followers, but we're just blown away with the amount of people who have just listened to our podcast. It's amazing. Uh, share it with your friends. That's one of the best ways out there to get to know what we do and to spread it. Just, uh, share it with your friends, either on Instagram or, you know, in an email to your friend or whatever, text them, tell them about these silly guys talking about D and D and fantasy. And, um, 
We do want to uh, read a little message we received from somebody. This is from Encounter Terrain. That's uh, Joe, a super nice dude living out there in England. He has an amazing, amazing Instagram channel. I would highly recommend following at Encounter Terrain. And Joe said, I listened through your podcast this morning. First things first, I dislike podcasts in general, but I couldn't stop listening to yours. Uh, that's a beautiful thing for someone to say, I think. That's not bad for an old grump like Joe. <laughs> we did pretty good to win him over. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably about it. So this is going to wrap up uh, 2022. And uh, I think this goes live on January 2nd by when you hear this. So it'll be the very beginning of 2023. And I hope everybody makes it through New Year's. And uh, yeah. Anything else, Jim? Uh, if you hate our podcast, subscribe. <laughs> show all your friends and tell them about how much you hate. Make them listen to it and show them how terrible it is. That's a really good call. Yeah, that's smart. We'll probably get way more listens. <laughs> yeah, do that too. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. Okay. Well, thanks so much, everybody. Uh, it's been a great uh, year. And we'll look forward to all of this next year. Woo. See you next time, everybody. Bye. done you you've made it to the end of the podcast you are a bold adventure to be sure remember to fill your wire skin and to have your blade sharpened at the blacksmith's before departing thanks for listening please subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new 13-sided die adventures and don't forget to tell your friends about the silly fools talking about DD. 13-sided die has been brought to you by sean and jim executive produced by sean and jim mini painting by sean and jim engineered by sean and jim Goblin Torture Device by Sean and Jim. Conceptualized by Sean and Jim. Please note, no goblins were harmed in the making of this podcast.